and welcome to Ag PhD Radio. I'm Brian Hefty, live in the Morton studio. Today in the show, we're going to be talking about things you should be doing for your soybeans. Well, I don't know about necessarily should be doing, but things that we often find increase yields. We're going to talk about that just a little bit today. If you've got any questions for us or if there's anything you'd like to talk about that's going on in your farm right now, our number here is 844-44-AG-PHD. That's 844-442-4743. You can also email us radio at agphd.com or find us on Twitter, agphdmedia or Brian Hefty. All right, so we'll get to the agphd mailbag. Maybe even we'll have a little time here in this first segment, but I, I just want to talk about soybeans a little bit. So on our farm, I'll be honest, about 15, 20 years ago, our soybean yields were junk. I mean, 35 to 40 bushels, that's it. We started making changes. Here are the things, here are the two main things that we did that increased our yield. Now, not quite double, but getting close to double. Um, So, I mean, we're averaging 65 to 70 bushel beans now. And we've got some fields doing much better than that. But anyway, drainage is number one potassium is number two. Let me talk about both those things in just a little more detail. With soybeans, they have on average about one-fifth the root mass of corn. One-fifth. So every root in a soybean plant is more important than an individual root on a corn plant because it's basically got to do five times the work if you stop and think about it for just a second. So where I'm going with this is if we have any issues in that soil, then they seem to be amplified in soybeans. Drainage is really important. We have to have air in that soil so there gets to be good nodulation, so we have good root growth. It's really important for soybeans. With potassium, if you look at the nutrient removal charts out there, really good soybeans require a huge amount of K. But in total, really good corn requires much more. But where the separation comes is on a per day basis. Corn, the need for potassium is spread more through the season. With soybeans, on a per day basis, you might need for a great soybean crop compared to a great corn crop, you might need double the amount of K for a few days during flowering, potting, right in that timing. So where I'm going with this is you've got to have high concentrations of K in the soil or figure some way out to get lots of potassium in that plant, in that soybean plant, when it really needs it. We talk often on the show here where people say, boy, I have great corn yields, but my soybean yields are really lagging. Nine times out of ten, it's just lack of potassium. So there's enough potassium there to, to feed that corn crop every day of the, the year, but there's not enough on a few days in the middle of the growing season, or call it somewhat late in the growing season, for soybeans to maximize yield. So anyway, drainage, potassium, my two biggest things. Soil pH. We've really been studying this the last five years, and we've been doing all these comparisons on our farm on thousands of data points where we take a look at yield and soil test. So we match up the the yield to every single soil test we've got in a GPS location. What we found is low soil pH isn't nearly as important in soybeans as it is in corn. In other words, low soil pH has really hurt our corn yield, hasn't hurt our soybean yield as bad. But high pH, that on the other hand, that can really hurt a soybean crop because 
of things like iron deficiency chlorosis. You will not get iron deficiency chlorosis if your soil pH is below 7. So what I'm saying here is when you have a high pH with soybeans, you really have to manage things well. And over time, we like to see it try to get nutrients in balance in that soil. And generally speaking, soil pH then starts to come down. Soybean cyst nematodes, another really important thing in soybeans, rotation and staying away from soybeans for two to even four years can be important there. Weeds are worse in soybeans than they are in corn and wheat, so we'll talk a little about weed control today. And fungicides, too, can be a really big thing for soybeans. I would mention, too, sclerotinia white mold. There's no disease I can think of in corn, maybe corn smut, but that only shows up about once every 20 years for many of us here in the Midwest. Uh, But white mold could show up every time you plant soybeans, and we've had it literally take 100% of our yield. Now, granted, and fortunately, it hasn't happened on all our acres or anything like that, but on 5% of our acres, yeah, it's taken it from even we've literally had, and I can show you this, and I have at some of our, our soybean workshops, we're going along 90 bushel soybeans, 90, and I'm going, oh man, this is great. We get along to the white mold area, uh, zero, zero. It's that bad. So it's the worst disease I know of in corn, soybeans, or wheat, sclerotinia white mold. It's horrific, and it's more than just fungicide. You've got to manage some other things. So anyway, These are just some of the discussion points we'll get to throughout the show today. Right now, let's hit the Ag PhD mailbag. It's the mailbag! Okay, first comment comes in, and uh, it's in another language, so I can't read the person's name. But, But we were talking about high pH soils, and the comment here was, you can't change soil pH that's a fact. Uh, no, that's not a fact. You know, that's dead wrong. We change soil pH all the time. You can raise pH with lime. You can lower pH with elemental sulfur and just simply balancing nutrients out. I got all kinds of data that I can show you on that. Uh, next one here is from Larry. And uh, anyway, Larry uh, from Illinois. Larry just said, He is using an organic botanical that treats spiders, mites, gall midge, aphids. He's pretty excited about this organic product. And anyway, Larry, I'd just say if you're finding something that's organic and it's actually killing the insects, that's fantastic. The biggest problem that we have in a lot of situations is we don't have natural products, as we would call them, naturals, biologicals, that kind of thing, that are very good at controlling weeds or controlling insects. We have a lot of biologicals and naturals out there that that can help make nutrients more available, can give the plant a little boost, whether it's amino acids or plant growth hormones or something like that. So yeah, we're certainly looking forward to seeing more biopesticides as time goes on. I know a lot of companies are in development with many different things. Well, we'll talk about uh, soybeans and things that could possibly improve your crop on today's show right after this. There's no time to mess around when it comes to early season protection from yield-robbing pests and diseases. Ethos XB Insecticide Fungicide is the next generation of at plant protection. Through your liquid fertilizer system, get broad-spectrum defense and create an environment where seedlings can vigorously emerge with more uniformity, helping to optimize your productivity and yield. Get serious seedling defense with Ethos XB Insecticide Fungicide. Ethos XB Insecticide Fungicide is a restricted-use pesticide. Always read and follow all label directions. 
It takes balance to be successful in farming because what you get out of it depends on what you put in. And Corteva AgriScience gets that. Introducing Nutrition and Nutrient Efficiency Optimizer, a biological product that naturally captures nitrogen from the air. It's a sustainable way to add balance to your traditional nitrogen methods and maximize your yield potential. Embrace a balanced approach to nitrogen management this season by visiting corteva.us. Good morning and hallelujah! Watch it. My spray and pray days are over! What's with Randy? Oh, he's just amped. Amped? Yeah, he ordered that new Battalion Amped herbicide from UPL. They're calling it the new gold standard. This is the greatest day in herbicidal history! So, how can I... Get amped? Just go to battalionamped.com. It's gonna be a good year! Always read and follow label directions. When it comes to serial disease protection, Prosaro Pro 400 SC fungicide from Bayer makes all the difference. With three effective active ingredients for overlapping control of foliar and head diseases and a flexible application window for head scab, it's formulated to lower dawn, protect yield potential, and promote superior grain quality. Prosaro Pro, the future of plant health starts here. Visit prosaropro.com to learn more. Always read and follow grain marketing and all other stewardship practices and pesticide label directions. Welcome back to Ag PhD Radio. Brian Hefty here, live in the Morton studio. If you've got a question for us, you can give us a call, 844-44-AG-PHD, or send us an email, radio, at agphd.com. So first on the show today, I'm uh, very pleased to be joined by our, our good friend, Scott Kay. He is the Vice President of U.S. Crop Protection with BSF, so we're going to get him on here in just a second. BSF's been doing a lot of things to try to help overall soybean production here in the United States and help our yields. So, Scott, how are you doing today? Hey, very good, Brian. Excellent. Good to hear your voice. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I haven't talked to you in a little while. Uh, I, 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 I'm just curious, first of all, how, how's everything going? How, how are things at BSF today? You know what? Things are things are great at BSF today. I think uh, probably like you and a lot of listeners, uh, we're anxious to get to the fields and uh, and get to the 22-23 season planting underway uh, as soon as Mother Nature allows, of course. I want to talk about soybeans with you here in just a second, but I'm just curious, whether it's soybeans or anything else, what are maybe the top uh, couple of things that your people or, or just people in the industry have been bringing to you? I mean, what are kind of the hot-button issues right now, and what's most important at BSF? Yeah, I think it's uh, there's a couple of things. One, I think, you know, with, with the economy and interest rates and inflation, I think there's a lot of discussion about that. And BSF, what's your solution for that is, uh, is a common question. Um, we, and we believe we have an excellent one uh, for, for all your listeners, Brian. And, and I think you, you know this as well. It's a, it's a 0% finance offer from, from John Deere Finance that, that BSF has on its products. Yeah, we've talked about that quite a bit here this winter just because many of the crop protection manufacturers have had, had finance programs here in the last few years. 
that were 0%. Well, it was easy to do a 0% finance program when interest rates are about nothing. But but today, it's a little bit different. So a lot of the companies have raised their rates. But for BSF, it's still 0%. And like I've told a lot of guys, um, you better start running the pencil here because you, you figure 0% financing and what's that what that is worth. And all of a sudden, that, in effect, becomes a big discount off your ag chemical prices. So, yes, that's a big deal. What what, what else, Scott? Any Anything else yeah, people are talking to you about? Uh, yeah, those discounts add up to 10 to $20 we've added per acre. If oh, yeah. Just, if, you, if you apply the math. But uh, I think the other one is, you know, what are you seeing in resistance? I think has been another big topic. I think most people are surprised um, that weed resistance, when I just say, are you aware that, that glyphosate resistance has actually grown? over the last couple of years. And most people look at you like, really, that's already probably the highest resistant product or uh, AI that's out there in the market today. And the fact that it's still growing in resistance means we probably aren't solving for other potential resistance problems along the way. Yeah. And it, it it's just such a popular tank mix partner that people are still using glyphosate. And in some cases, they're not using very high rates of some of the other things that go along with it. So, yeah, I can certainly see that. And and really, the crop that we struggle the most with weed control, it's soybeans. So just yeah. talk to us a little about that and, and what BSF is doing to basically support soybean growers from the beginning of the year all the way to the end. Yeah, so I think, you know, I, I kind of have four key areas, Brian. Hopefully I can, I can talk fast enough that, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I would ask people that live Iowa, Illinois, southern, you know, Missouri, northern half, um, anywhere where you know that maybe your neighbor has SCN and, and you haven't tested yet, I would be wanting to test. Because I view that as the first five bushels you're protecting your soybean crop against is, is, the, is SCN. And so those nematodes... And why, why do I say it probably more confidently now than maybe even the last two years would have been, we did about 1,000 trials. 100% of them came back with detection. 89% of them came back with yield impacting um, results in terms of the, the count. Yeah. And so to me, the, the safest thing is the test. If you don't have them, lucky you, we can move on to, to other ways <laughs> to manage soybeans. Yeah. But I think it's, it's definitely a problem. It's a problem in the eastern Dakotas, all through Minnesota. So you mentioned Iowa, Illinois, Missouri. They've just had it longer. But we've got the problem yeah. here now, too. Okay. They, and I and so then, you know, to me, that's, that native traits are resistance. You know, one of these days, maybe in a couple of years, Brian, we'll talk about some some traits from BSF for, uh, for soybeans that will help to, to combat the issue. But in the meantime, I think you see treatment like a Levo is, is probably one of the best options. Yeah. All right. So you mentioned four things. That was number one. What's number two? <laughs> yeah, the other, the other one is, is around, um, you know, how are we going to manage resistance and have you, have you contemplated? And I, maybe, maybe farmers don't ask themselves a question like that. Maybe say protect nutrients, water, and then number of resprays, you know, or, yep. or the future of resprays, if you would. And I, and I would say, you know, the Ingenia is a great solution um, for, for dicamba tolerant beans, and I think the applications are going earlier. I think I just say we can all manage through this. I think the other one, though, that, that I think from a system standpoint, we're still trying to get, uh, it's relatively new, and that's enlist traits. 
Yep. Not not new that we've never done it before, but new enough, I think, that we're still trying to find the best solution. I would say one 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 practice we should stop. It's the two four D is a burn down, which most farmers use, and then followed by enlist, which is which some would say that's another two four D treatment. Yep. Followed by a final treatment the third time of two four D. What we yep. what we're asking our team to talk about is if you would just lead with use two four D burn down, then lead with liberty. Maybe it's liberty and enlist if that's if that's something you need, right? Yep. And then save that last enlist treatment for later on. And, and we say it confidently because we feel like we have uh, plenty of uh, liberty for that treatment to go. We feel like uh, we've, we've got the supplies to, uh, to handle that. But I think better yet, I think Mother Nature needs it. Otherwise, we're going to have a problem. Back to talking about glyphosate uh, and its expansion. I think you go three treatments in a season, we know what will happen. Definitely. And the other thing that I try to bring up to people, too, on the Liberty aspect is it needs really good spray coverage. So I'd rather see the Liberty first and the Enlist One later, or if it's Extend Flex, I mean, you might, you you know, whatever. Anyway, the point is we've got to make sure that we've got smaller weeds, a little bit smaller crop. We can't have full canopy out there and expect, oh, the Liberty's going to get all the way through that great big canopy and down to some tiny little weed. That's just not going to work. All right, so manage resistance. I think oh, go ahead. If you're like my, if you're like my father, Southwest Iowa, he likes that instant gratification, and and Liberty <laughs> yeah. will show you that early. Yes. When you spray it in the first application. Yes. No, I agree. Uh, that's one of the things my dad talked about all the time too, because growing up, it was tillage, 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 and you could see, and that he talked about that all the time. Like I was so happy because yeah. I could see what I did. Well, with a lot yeah. of these herbicides, they work so darn slow, and they work eventually, but you don't get that instant gratification. And you know that's kind of our society today. We we want that. All right, what yeah, what absolutely. what's next, Scott? Yeah, I think the uh, you know the the other place I would go to is that have I and we talked about this already, have I financed my farm with, with all the tools that are available? And, and, you know, I still think, you know, local representation, I think has always been one of the most commonly used financial arms. But I think, I think this year with zero, um, and if you take it versus a prime rate of seven, 8%, um, that it is worth penciling out. And so, and like we talked about earlier, I think so many people are just used to it the financing being noise and they yep. just go back to where they traditionally borrowed. Yep. And in this case, we think it's, it's real, real money, um, a real opportunity. Some folks, I think even look at it as saying, you know what, if that's, if I would use that as one of my financial tools, I might be able to extend my risk management um, because it's 10 bucks an acre. I might be able to, to, to do something else differently on my farm. Maybe it's put a, a fungicide on or use that second layering residual but there's some other operational things I think I think farmers should consider. Hey Scott, um, we got to take a quick break here, but we ha- we rarely have the opportunity to have you on. And if you wouldn't mind holding through this break, I got just a couple more questions for you, and I want to hit that fourth thing that you wanted to cover as well. Excellent. Okay, sounds good. All right, again, today we are talking about soybeans especially, things you could do in your soybean crop to improve yield. If you've got any questions, though, you can certainly call us, 844-44-AG-PHD, or send us an email, radio at agphd.com. Stay tuned. We'll continue our, our discussion with Scott K. from BSF right after this. 
Cold weather draining your batteries? Nothing delivers peace of mind like a quality battery charger from CNB. Going on now, buy three batteries and get the charger on sale. Learn more or shop online at DeerEquipment.com. CNB, your local John Deere dealer of choice. Offer runs until May 2023. Get your planter ready for spring with Germinator Closing Wheels from Farm Shop MFG. When you buy 12 rows or more, get free shipping or 20% off an end zone bin system. So call Farm Shop MFG today at 712-520-6051. In 1923, Bert R. Benjamin had a vision, an all-purpose tractor that could do more. With that, the Farmall was born. This year, Case IH is celebrating 100 years of Farmall. 100 years of milestones, 100 years of innovation, passion, grit. And they're doing it through your stories. Share them at farmall100.com. One lucky storyteller will win their own Farmall. The tractor that is the one for all. Palmer Amaranth. Four counts of yield theft, resistance to groups two, four, nine. You ain't got nothing on me, man. We've been surveilling you. And now we've got Tough 5EC, a tank mix partner that'll make sure you and your gang of resistant weeds never see the daylight again. Crack down on repeat offenders. Add Tough 5EC to your post-emergence tank mix. Learn more at toughonweeds.com. Always read and follow label directions. Tough is a registered trademark of Belsham Crop Protection. What can we do for you? Yeah, I'm looking for some nitrogen. All right, we're running low and it's awful pricey, but uh, let me check. Hold. The answer to low supply and high prices for nitrogen is Invita, a microbe with systemic nitrogen fixation. Invita works throughout the foliage and roots, providing a right place, right time source of nitrogen to maximize yield in corn, wheat, and soybeans. Yeah, we're all out, but... You know what? I'll take some of that Invita. <laughs> That's what I was going to recommend. Book your Invita while supplies last. Get more durability for less downtime with Soil Warrior Strip Tillage from Environmental Tillage Systems. Improve fertilizer efficiency and reduce passes and fuel usage. Now that's ROI. Learn more about ETS at SoilWarrior.com. With superior materials, craftsmanship, and best-in-class warranty, a Morton machine storage or workshop is built to stand the test of time. To learn how we can help you expand your farm operation, visit MortonBuildings.com. Did you know soybean diseases like white mold and sudden death syndrome can survive in your soil even after rotating crops? Prevention of these diseases is a constant battle and yield loss from an infection can be devastating. The right management plan makes all the difference. Keep your beans safe with Heads Up Seed Treatment. Heads Up guards your seed from both white mold and SDS. Stay protected and profitable by asking your seed dealer for Heads Up. Learn more at HeadsUpST.com. for listening today to Ag PhD Radio, just talking soybeans on our show today. But quite frankly, a lot of these things that would improve soybean yields and profitability can also help a whole bunch of other crops. So during our first segment, or second, I guess, and uh, and still now, we've got Scott Kay with us. He is Vice President of crop prote- U.S. Crop Protection with BASF. Uh, so, Scott, we talked about your four things that BSF's working on, and so it was uh, soybeans as nematode, managing resistant weeds, financing, and what what's the fourth thing that you wanted to bring up today? Yeah, no, thanks, Brian. And uh, it uh, for me, I, I think a planned application of fungicide is is becoming more normal than than not in, in soybeans. I think 
certainly if you have listeners who have experienced tar spots in their cornfields, or they've had neighbors who've experienced tar spot in their cornfield, they, they probably know that prevention is, is a big, um, big part of the solution to, to managing that, that disease. And because uh, I don't think most people don't go into the to the planting season saying, you know what, we're just going to have a drought during the prime growing point of the season, and uh, therefore I won't I won't need a fungicide because there won't be any any disease. But I think I think one of the things that you and I have talked about before too is that most people don't even realize just how much moisture and uh, and dew is is in the air. Right. I think you you brought up to me one time comparable to Miami in South Dakota. Yeah, in, in mid summer. Yeah, right where we're at in southeast South Dakota, if you look at our our weather data from the last few years, we have more humidity in July and August than Miami, Florida does. Uh, that's a fact. And it's I I was shocked when I started paying attention to that, but it's like, whoa, if we're that humid, it's no wonder we're having some disease and no wonder we're getting response from I, I mean, let's face it, like with soybeans, a lot of that yield is made in late July and in August. It's right during that time when we got all that humidity we're getting some disease then and we are getting some results so what when when you say planned fungicide if a guy's going to make one pass what's the right timing we've kind of found r2 to r3 so full flower to first pod is that what your your research has shown as well yep that, that would be the very similar timing i think there's always exceptions right i'm, I'm more sure. disease prone i've got sure. other things but i think i think if i were going to make a preventative application that that would be the same timing and, uh, you know, I think Preaxor, Revitech uh, are, are two of the products I would really look at. And, uh, you know, for, for us, too, I think it, uh, it's, it's just important to, to make that transition from prevention is still, the, is still probably the best approach and, uh, versus trying to time it. I think yeah. disease is, is nearly impossible to, to time. Yep. Yep. And then multiple modes of action and both those products you mentioned do have multiple modes of action like Revitex, three modes of action. So that's really good. Okay. So I got, I got one more thing that I wanted to ask you about today and, and thanks a lot. Thanks a lot for the time. We appreciate it. But biologicals. So we have, we get questions all the time about the overall biological space. And like for BSF, you guys are working on things. You have options on that biological side. So what do you see for the future of that whole biological industry especially when it relates to soybeans yeah really really great question and i think it uh, most people most people probably don't realize that uh, a decade ago bsf made a big commitment to to biologicals uh, in row crops and um you know that that was with a with a purchase of a, of a company and then today we would probably be considered the, the the market leader in terms of delivering biologicals uh to our crops today so, so for us, I think um, with that as a backdrop, I would just say BSF is highly committed to, to biologicals, and we continue to, uh, to explore and bring, both bring new products, new mixtures, and, uh, and continue to do research and development. So one of, the, one, of the, one of the key things about BSF is our innovation pipeline, and that's, that's a, to the tune of $3 million every day, your listeners uh, wake up, BSF is investing uh, that amount of money into research and development. And, and biologicals is certainly one of those, those key parts. 
Yeah, we talked about this just a little bit earlier in the show that I'm looking forward to having even more biological options, biopesticides and everything. I mean, we we just think that there's a lot of future in all that. So it's pretty exciting. Again, we've been visiting with Scott K with BSF. Scott, thanks again for the time. Really appreciate it. Always great talking to you. Thanks, Brian. Really appreciate the invite. You bet. All right, let's go next down to Iowa. Got our friend Tony Wendler on with Farm Shop MFG. Hey, Tony, how are you today? I am excellent, Brian. Good afternoon. All right, so we're talking we're talking about soybeans today. What are maybe the top couple of things that you're you're mentioning to people when it when it comes down to raising more bushels and being more profitable with the soybean crop? Uh, two 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 topics. They're on uh, both ends of of uh, raising the crop. Uh, the first is getting that furrow closed, getting seed to soil contact. And uh, our closing wheels fit in very well in that to give us that firm zone and get that best emergence. There's uh, good research that shows the advantage of a performance wheel as compared to a rubber tire on a planter is two and a half bushels of beans per acre. So, uh, you know, year in, year out across the varying conditions, uh, two and a half bushels is a big number. And we've all seen where people don't close that furrow and uh, the seeds just languish there and maybe moisten up and then dry out and die because right. the, uh, the the furrow came back open. Yes, so, soybean seed is really expensive anymore compared to what it used to be. So personally, I'd like to have every seed grow. I, I'm with you. Yeah. The, the next thing is, and right on through today, we continue to talk about uh, with people about rehydration. Yep. And uh, getting getting a controller on their bin, and uh, as well as monitors to to uh, take those low moisture beans and bring them to thirteen, or get out there earlier and harvest wetter beans and uh, dry them to thirteen. Darren so, and I, Darren uh, and I were talking about this just a little bit yesterday, and we we had a question come in about rehydrating, and I just said, you know, you can absolutely do that really with any crop, but. I'd way rather start early. I love it because now we have less harvest loss, there's less damage to the beans, and then we have more time for, for doing everything. So when you have these automatic bin fan controls, it allows you to start early. That's what I like best. What do you prefer? I totally agree with what you're saying. To me, the uh, the fact that we're saving that those extra uh, bushels out there at harvest you know, when you get on that, I think as wet as your combine will thrash the beans, you should get going. Yeah. The uh, And it varies a little bit. Uh, some of the combines don't do as good a job. Yeah. But when your combine will start thrashing, get going. The, uh, and dry them down. Um, the, uh, it doesn't have quite the, uh, the butterflies in your stomach as you see when you rehydrate and you go from uh, <laughs> 9 to 13. There you felt like, man, you really made some money. Yep. But on the other end, you stop the loss of money, and you can't count it as easy. Uh, but uh, that's the smart plan. 
Yeah, but there are some years. We had one, I don't know, three, four years ago. I don't remember exactly when it was, where it was literally a week. We were combining for a whole week before a lot of people around us started combining because they're like, ah, the beans aren't quite to 13 yet. And we were having some humid days and everything. We were going at 15 to 17 moisture beans. We got all done with soybean harvest. That gave us a bunch more days to do fertility, tiling, everything else that we had to do that fall. So I, I, I just, I like starting early. Yeah, I, best plan. Put that top of your list, best plan. And uh, the just like we're, we're talking, if you end up out there this year, uh, I started early and I think I had like a day. The humidity's just stripped the water out so fast. Yeah. And uh, it was yep. just like, wow. Yep. Yeah. I, I mean, the last three falls now, it's been really dry and so that 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 absolutely can happen and i mean we we try as best we can to get out there at the right time but i mean you only have so much help you only have so many combines you only have so many hours during the day and that moisture can drop from 13 down to eight real fast and that's a big big loss income wise well we've been talking with tony wendler he's with farm shop mfg if you want to see more about what he's doing just go to farmshopmfg.com tony thanks for the time today appreciate it Thanks, Brian. Take care. Bye. All right. We'll talk a little more about soybeans coming up next, and we're going to get to your questions later on in the show in the Ag PhD mailbag. Stay tuned. Control the toughest weeds with overlapping residuals. Lock in the longest lasting control for your soybean fields. A pre-emergence application of an authority brand herbicide plus a post-application of Anthem Max herbicide establishes the overlapping residual control key to safeguarding your soybean seasons. This pairing is a heavy-duty economical strategy against Palmer Amaranth, Waterhemp, Kosha, and more. Visit your FMC retailer or lockin.ag.fmc.com today. Always read and follow all label directions. Your crop deserves the best, not just a contender. Choose a Champ brand fungicide from New Farm for proven performance in the formula you prefer. Champ Formula 2 Flowable offers exceptional mixing and stability in a liquid copper. Champ Ion comes supercharged for superior coverage in a dry formulation. Any way you turn, New Farm has the copper solution you can win with. Put a Champ in your corner at newfarm.com slash uscrop. You can count on AgroLiquid for precision crop nutrition. When you don't get all your potash down in the fall, when weather or market prices change your management strategy, or when you want to balance your fertilizer program with micronutrients, AgroLiquid is ready with the products and application flexibility you want for in-season crop nutrition and the research-proven results you need. AgroLiquid. Apply less. Expect more. Find a retailer at agroliquid.com. Ag PhD has one mission, to give you the knowledge you need to make your farm more successful. That's why every issue of the Ag PhD Insider Magazine features crop fertility and pest management tips, insights into the world's highest yielding farmers, updates and results from our infield research trials, as well as the latest agronomy information from Brian and Darren Hefty. We put it all in one place so you can make your farm more productive and profitable. Subscribe to the Ag PhD Insider at agphdinsider.com. This is Mike. Hey. He's getting a quick haircut at the local barber school. It's only five bucks. How bad can it? Oh! Yikes. Don't be like Mike when it comes to weed control. 
Get the job done right the first time and plan ahead with Status Herbicide. It delivers elite corn safety and reliable performance, so you don't have to deal with more problems than you bargained for. No, 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 no. Status Herbicide from BASF. Always read and follow label directions. Win the war against weeds in your soybean fields with fierce herbicides from Valent USA. With three different formulations and multiple modes of action, you're sure to find the right fierce product to protect your operation from tough weeds like Palmer Amaranth and Waterhemp. Give your soybeans a strong, clean start with up to eight weeks of residual control with the powerful pre-emergence protection of Fierce Herbicide. Ask your local retailer or visit valent.com fierce to find the right fierce formulation for you. Always read and follow label instructions. Welcome back to Ag PhD Radio. Brian Hefty here. We're broadcasting from the Morton studio today. And talking soybeans, how to improve yields, profitability. Next on the show, we've got Jeff Kaiser with us. He is with New Farm out in Illinois. Jeff, how are things going for you today? It's going real good. It's going real good. We've had a chance to have a mild winter so far here in February and uh, get a little bit more moisture for uh, for an optimum planting season here coming up April, May time frame for soybeans. Yeah, I'll tell you, we sure haven't had a mild winter in December and January. It was horrific. Uh, February's yeah. been a little bit better, but, uh, but yeah, spring is right around the corner here. So what are the main things you're talking to farmers and agronomists about when it comes to soybeans and improving yield and profitability? I think the first thing we got to keep in mind is we got to have a theme for the whole year for our growing season. And I think our theme needs to be stress-free days. And one of the things uh, that with stress-free days comes higher yields, and the higher yields are, are actually obtained by planting soybeans earlier. So uh, when we do that, you know, we usually have some um, issues out there from planting early from cold, wet soils, and uh, we'll have some concerns around pythium and actually emergence issues. Uh, so our seed treatment needs to have the ability to provide protection to the seed, not at planting, but for for planting date in the next 10 to 15 days while that soybean plant's emerging. So we want to, like I say, get those soybean plants out there early. Uh, the, the leaf structure of the soybean plant, when we have it out of the ground, it's like a solar panel and it gives us a chance to increase our yields. So we want to take advantage of that early planting. We've seen a lot of data results, data points back on higher yields from planting soybeans earlier. So we need to protect the seed for that planting condition. So those are one of the things that we look at. Yeah, I, I think you brought up a good point there, and you said not just for the day you plant, but 10 to 15 days, and I'd take it even further than that. We see the impacts of seed treatments for a long time into the growing season, and a lot of people think, well, I don't need a seed treatment because it's warm today, and my beans are going to pop right out of the ground, so I'm good. But but that's not true, right? That That's correct. I mean, what... You know, there's pythium pressure, which is easy. I mean, that that's, it kills the plant, we've got to replant. That's pretty easy. But there is also sublethium pythium, and there's also the ability to start taking up nutrients in that soybean plant early so that it has, it's off to a good start. And, and we know that the soybean plant uh, has to produce 80% of its nitrogen uh, by itself. So it has to start fixing nitrogen as early as possible. And the way we do that is protect that root system early. We protect it from nematodes, and we also protect it so that it will actually start nodulating and fixing nitrogen earlier. And uh, that, that's where our higher yields come from in that time frame that you spoke of, Brian, in that first uh, 20 days, something like that. And, it, and again, it's not, the, it's not the environment that we see when we're planting. It's the environment that we see that, you know, that almost that 20-day window afterwards. Um, in that window also, there's some rhizoctonia pressure that can rear its, uh, its head, and we want to have a good 
uh, protection on the seed for that, both systemic and uh, and actually just on the seed itself for, for localized uh, protection against rhizoctonia. So, so those are three main things there. So specifically for New Farm, give me the names of your nematode product and your other soybean seed treatment. So our nematode product is Trinemco. It is a, it's a product that provides protection against nematodes as soon as the soybean plant germinates. Uh, it actually affects the soybean plant in that it turns on the defensive mechanism within the plant is its first uh, area of defense. The second area of defense is around colonizing around the root to keep the nematodes from penetrating the roots, that early root structure in that first 20 days. Um, and what that does is it keeps the nematode from vectoring in any of the other disease uh, pressure that's out there in that field. So that would be our protection against nematodes, of which there is no rescue for that. So if we have right. issues with nematodes in soybeans, we have to get that done at, in a seedling stage. The second product is precinct. Precinct is our methanoxum. It's a very strong uh, water mold product that, uh, depending on rate, you know, we can have two weeks up to three weeks protection against Pythium species and also Phytophthora. And keep in mind that a lot of our varieties out there have a genetic defense against Phytophthora, but it does take time before that plant can express that trait. So we need to utilize uh, a precinct or methanoxum until the plant's able to defend itself. And that gives us a, a holistic package around Phytophthora protection. Yeah, we've been talking about the benefits of seed treatment for a long time here in soybeans, and I just think our our environment continues to be more challenging. We we're we're reducing tillage as a general statement across the United States and Canada. Well, when you have reduced tillage, you have higher yields. You're going to plant earlier. All these conditions just lead to the odds that a seed treatment is going to pay uh, just continues to go up. I mean, is, is that what you're seeing in your yield data? Because I'm sure you guys are doing lots of testing on this. Has the yield increase gotten better here in the last 10 years or so? Yeah, and really what we're finding is that a lot of times tillage brings additional soil temperature to the table. When that happens, the seed comes out of the ground at a faster rate. Yep. Now, like with soybeans and we're no-till planting, um, we're not generating the growing degree units in that soil to get that soybean plant up out of the ground uh, as quickly. And so it's, it's actually, that seed is more susceptible. And, and that is, that's why we're seeing the seed treatments uh, really pay in this environment. And, and we need to have that because we're, what we're doing is we're putting our soybean seed in more of a, a position to get attacked by these uh, yield robbing pressures because right. we need that. We need that soybean plant out of the ground longer so, so we get a higher yield. Yeah, but you brought something up right away, and you said plant soybeans earlier, we're getting higher yields. That's exactly what we're seeing as well. And there definitely is a trend to planting soybeans earlier. I mean, we were getting questions about this all the time. So I, I just think it's going to continue go, going more that direction where eventually we'll probably see almost all soybeans treated just like all corn is treated today. Because like I say often to guys, can you imagine planting your corn seed with no seed treatment? No, you'd go, that's crazy. I'd never do that. Well, then why would you plant your soybeans with no seed treatment? But anyway, there are still some people out there that aren't completely sold on seed treatment. So any last words of, uh, of wisdom you want to give people in, when it comes to those seed treatments? Yeah, I, th I think when you're looking at a, a, the seed treatment, look at how it affects the entire growing condition that that soybean plant's in. So not only do we talk about those early diseases, but what are we doing for pests, insects? What are we doing for nematodes? And then what are we doing for, for uh, nutrient uptake? And I think your seed treatment package needs to encompass all those things because the level of soybean yield that we need today to pay all the bills, it, it, it that's we're going to have to push that soybean plant yep. to grow those yields to take those nu that nutrient uptake, 
and 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 have the ability to uh, produce enough nitrogen and have these higher yields. And uh, so that that's what I would keep in mind. Yep, definitely. Again, we've been talking with Jeff Kaiser with New Farm. Jeff, thanks for the time today. We appreciate it. Yeah, appreciate it. Have you? Thank you. Yeah. And I know this really sounds like a sales pitch, but on this whole soybean seed treatment thing, it's just turned out to be a much bigger deal than I thought it was going to be. Whatever it was, 20 years ago, we were doing a little bit of seed treatment work in soybeans. The soybean price wasn't that great. The yield benefit wasn't that great. And quite frankly, in a lot of cases, we were using maybe one or two fungicides. Well, today, most people on soybeans are using three or four fungicides. They're using insecticide, biological products, inoculant. I mean, there's there's a lot in these seed treatment packages. So just like everything else, we always encourage you to try some things out on your farm and do a little homework first. Research what, what things are working. Make sure you're asking questions so you know what's going on that seed. And then one of the most important things, let's make sure we can plant the seed after it's treated. Sometimes we run into some seed treatments where... They don't dry very well, and I've had this issue on our own farm where you get some bridging and sticking and all that kind of stuff. You can't have that. So anyway, uh, hopefully you can find something good for your farm this spring, and I'm I'm really excited about soybeans. I'm excited about the potential that we have moving forward. We just have seen yields continue to come up in the United States and Canada and around the world, and on our farm in particular, I was saying it earlier in the show, but I mean, our, our soybean yields... They stunk 20 years ago, 15 years ago, and now they're really, really good. And, I mean, dollar-wise, we can get close to corn, and obviously you don't have to put nitrogen out, or at least very much nitrogen out for soybeans. You don't have all the hauling, all the drying costs that you do with corn. I mean, there are a lot of advantages to soybeans. It's a good crop, so we just encourage you, do what you can to try to make that that soybean crop better and more profitable on your farm. So we talked right away my two key points. It was drainage and potassium. And like and I didn't get to this specifically, so I wanted to make sure we mentioned this before we left the topic of soybeans. With potassium, we always like to see at least 4% base saturation potassium. And if you've got a light soil, then 4 isn't going to do it because your soil just flat out can't hold much of anything. So you got to make sure you have enough parts per million or pounds per acre to raise a great crop as well. All right, we're going to get to your questions in the Ag PhD mailbag coming up right after this. This is Stormy Fields with your weather forecast. Today calls for a high of 68 degrees with sunny skies and not a cloud in sight. Planting windows can close fast, so when you need both speed and accuracy, choose John Deere. Our exact emerge planters and precision ag technologies give you precise seed placement for uniform emergence and the efficiency you need to gain ground. See what you have to gain at johndeere.com slash gain ground. This season, get medieval on Rhizoctonia with the powerful protection of Excalia fungicide from Valent USA. Here to shield your sugar beets from the treachery of Rhizoctonia, Excalia delivers excellent staying power, keeping your sugar beets from being conquered. Stay one step ahead of Rhizoctonia with the powerful protection of Excalia. Ask your retailer or visit valent.com slash Excalia to learn more. Always read and follow legal instructions. The value of your farm building is in its ability to protect what's stored inside. That's why Morton Buildings ensures that every machine storage and insulated workshop we build will provide superior strength and durability. 
As a 100% employee-owned company, we're all committed to being the industry leader with a focus on innovation, service, quality, and most importantly, customer satisfaction. To get started on your next project, please visit MortonBuildings.com. Don't turn your fertilizer application plan into a guessing game. Understand exactly how much fertility you need to reach your yield goals with the AgPHD Fertilizer Removal App. Simply enter your crop and your yield goal and the AgPHD Fertilizer Removal App calculates the amount of nutrition needed to keep your crop healthy and working for you. Quit playing guessing games with your fertility needs. Download the AgPHD Fertilizer Removal App today. Available on the Apple App Store and in Google Play. Hi, Greg Souter. Shopping for a 2x2 system for your planner? Take a close look at 360 Bandit. When we designed Bandit, I made sure it applied bands of nitrogen the perfect place for rapid root uptake. And I made sure Bandit didn't interfere with the critical functions of the planner, like depth and seed placement. You won't find a better, low-cost system for the ideal nitrogen placement on your planner. Get the information you need at 360yieldcenter.com. At Corteva AgriScience, we want to keep farms healthy and productive, today and tomorrow. That's why we're investing in a robust pipeline of naturally derived biologicals. Meet Nutrition and Nutrient Efficiency Optimizer. It's a sustainable nitrogen fixation product that facilitates crop growth and optimizes yield potential. With the fluctuation in fertilizer prices, Nutrition N is a reliable solution. It can be used alongside your traditional nitrogen program to enhance your ROI this year. For more information, visit Corteva.us. Thanks for listening to us today. This is Ag PhD Radio. I'm Brian Hefty. We're broadcasting from the Morton studio. Just talking soybeans earlier in the show. Right now we're going to get back to the Ag PhD mailbag. Had Jim send something in, and he was just talking about an interesting tire changer. And his comment here was, apart from the time and labor savings, this equipment is the ultimate in safety assurance. Um, I, 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 when you look at farming... It's one of the most dangerous professions that there is. It is. And one of the things, too, we find a lot of young people in our industry, which is great. But in some cases, those young people uh, maybe don't have the safety training yet that they should. They, uh, well, anyway, they get put into some situations that are a little more dangerous than than you're going to end up in some other industries. So we just really encourage everybody out there. Do everything you can to be safe. That was one of the biggest things our dad was always stressing to us. So we didn't run a lot of big equipment until later on in life. And, I mean, there were just many things he wouldn't let us do because he was just worried about safety. And I'll be honest, he was kind of worried about us wrecking his equipment. But still, <laughs> safety was it was a really big thing. And there were many times where we were, we, Darren and me, were prepared to cut corners. And he's like, oh, no, absolutely not. We're doing this the safe way. And so I, I'm, I'm glad that he stressed that so much because, well, we're still alive today and, uh, and partly because of the good lessons that we did learn on the farm. All right, next one here is from Clayton. He says, hi, guys, I'm wanting to start doing my own soil testing. What are some good handheld GPS tools to mark sample locations or good software to use? Or should I have my local co-op do it and have them send samples into the lab? Well, Clayton, it's totally up to you. You can have anybody else come out and do samples for you. 
we like doing a lot of things ourselves on our farm as much as we can or the people that work for us on the farm. So we're in control. So we know where the samples are pulled. We know how the samples were pulled. We get the results or get the tests run that we want and things like that. So in terms of apps, I mean, there are plenty of them. You can you can simply look online and you'll find a lot of different things. But yes, you can absolutely just go out there and use your phone. So we're I will tell you, we're working on a new program here at Ag PhD. It's called Verify. If you're interested in that, just let me know and you can send us an email back. Um, we, we've got some people working on basically a pre-launch program right now for the next few months just to make sure we've got everything buttoned up on that whole deal. But yeah, we've, we've worked with a number of different soils apps over the years. And even today, you can go to the Ag PhD Soils app if you would like and use that one. So a lot of different options for you out there. But GPS, super important when it comes to soil testing. All right. Next question is from Bob. And he's asking about a product that would raise soil pH a full point, and 50% of that should last through the second year. Um, cost is $11 a gallon, and you'd have to use three gallons to the acre. So for $33, is it possible that something can raise your soil pH, and literally only having three gallons out there, is it possible that it could raise your soil pH a full point? I seriously doubt that. Now, we're all for testing things. So if you want to try some of this, you certainly can. I, I I would just have a lot of reservations. Also, Bob sent his just general soil result. I don't have the actual soil test, but he put a lot of the nutrients here. And he just said, last year's yields corn 245 and soybeans 74 bushels. That's awesome. Congratulations, uh, Bob. Those are really, really good yields. When I look at your soil test, and he says here, all is no-till. Um, I do have some concerns as you go into this year. Number one is potassium. You only have 111 pound, or parts per million. I assume that's parts per million there. And 2.4% base saturation K. So that's on the low side, especially on, on the soybean end of things. Um, it, it's 14 CEC soil, so medium textured soil. So just make sure you're doing what you can on that uh, that potassium side. And base saturation magnesium, 31%. So, I mean, it's it, that's not horrific because it's a medium textured soil. If it was a heavy soil, I'd say, ooh, 31 is starting to be problematic on that magnesium. So I wouldn't get super concerned about that, but the potassium I, I, I would worry about just a little bit. Um, also, he mentioned in here boron and some other things he's going to be doing uh, in terms of fertility. But I would just say, yeah, I'm 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 very interested in what you do on potassium. Your phosphorus was only 28, sulfur was two parts per million, and copper was 1.3. So, and I'm sure you're working on all those things. But uh, obviously, you're doing some things right when you got those kind of yields. Uh, next one here is Amar, who says, if I apply lime to my 5 pH soil, it takes some time to change the soil pH. So my question is, is that lime going to do us any good on this year's crop? Yes, Amar. It absolutely is going to do you some good on this year's crop. Now, how much? That's a good question. And it also depends on which crop we're talking about. For example, alfalfa really likes that pH at 7 or even slightly above, whereas 
corn, soybeans, wheat, they can handle pHs in the in the sixes great, and even into the fives, not too bad. But yeah, you get some lime out there, start making the change, and this is one of the things why we say test on a fairly regular basis so it doesn't end up down at five and, and just monitor it from there. But yeah, we've had pHs clear down in the fours where we just weren't monitoring it, weren't paying attention. So hopefully as we move forward here in modern agriculture, we find these things out sooner rather than later so we can make the adjustments before it gets that far out. Next one's from Sean. He says, I'm an alfalfa farmer in New Mexico. I've been having trouble with aphids and cutworms. And uh, I'm just wondering what pesticide would control these insects. I used malathion the past couple years, but it seems hard to get this year. Well, Sean, malathion is not hard to get. There are plenty of people that have that. Dimethoate is another product that a lot of people will use. That's kind of, both of those are kind of replacement products for Lorsban now that that's off the market. But like in our alfalfa, we use Mustang Max or any of the cheap pyrethroids. You're talking three bucks an acre and it'll do a good job for you and leave you some residual. Uh, Justin from Nebraska asks, what software do you use to analyze your grid samples? We've been using the Ag PhD Soils app. We are working on this new program called Verify. And I, I would just say in terms of analysis overall or what we want to do, a lot of it's just based on, hey, we look at things and we go, oh yeah, hey, I got to make sure I'm getting up to this level on this nutrient, this level on that nutrient. And it's based on what our yield goals are and what the crop is that we're raising. So if you got more specific questions, let us know. Next one, Pete from South Dakota says, is your, in your naturals workshop, you covered the importance of using water right and bioprep as water treatments, which makes sense using biologicals. My question is, do these types of products and water treatment products, do they add any value for other spray applications um, or is this just primarily for biologicals? Well, I, I would just say, Pete, first of all, bioprep, we're talking about changing chlorine into chloride. I don't think that's a big deal for almost anything other than biologicals because chloride's in there to, or chlorine is in there to kill biologicals. But it's literally like three cents an acre. So if you want to use some of that, you sure can. It's definitely not going to hurt anything. And it will turn your chlorine into chloride, which is in effect a foliar feed, foliar fertilizer. Now, water right, and many, and many water treatment products like that, not only do they tie up hard water ions, which is absolutely proven to help many different pesticides out there, but on top of that, it'll lower water pH, which also absolutely can help many pesticides. We were talking about this in one of our workshops with fungicides, where we're seeing better results when that, that water pH is down below 7. So, I mean, you want to test your water first, but if you have any issues like that, then you want to use some type of water treatment. Next one is from PD out in Idaho. He says, what are your thoughts on seed treatment trials? How do you measure if it works for you? So I guess we talk about this often on the show here, PD. We, we encourage people to try things because everybody's farm's a little different. Everybody's environment's a little different. And you want to experiment with things to find out, okay, is this going to work for me in my situation? So quite frankly, that's what I care most about is it is does it work on my farm? Yeah, it's nice to see trials everywhere else and see, oh, what it, what's it supposed to control or how's it supposed to work? But I really want to see, do I get yield gain on my farm? Now, the challenge with seed treatments is sometimes you see big yield gains and other times we literally see almost zero. 
So it becomes this thing where we go, all right, on average, what are we gaining? And so there are a lot of products we'll try on a relatively small scale on our own farm for two or three years. And then we go, okay, now I, I feel confident that on average, I am gaining a good return. So that's usually the way that we do things. And certainly we work with neighbors and a lot of other farmers out there to try things too. But yeah, I'm, I'm just, like I said, most curious on how does it work on my own farm? Well, before we go, just want to say uh, thanks to our production staff at Alex producing the show today. Thanks to everybody who uh, called or wrote in with questions. Thanks to our guests as well earlier in the show. Be sure to join us again each weekday for more Ag PhD Radio.